the mom to mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. We've talked a lot about the comparison trap on the show, specifically in episode four, when we discuss some of the roots of self-doubt. Feelings of discontent sometimes feel unavoidable in this digital age, because unlike in previous generations, when the temptation to compare only came from face-to-face interaction or the occasional handwritten note in the mail, we have both the blessing and the burden of peering into the lives of others all the live long day, whether we like it or not. Now, one could argue that what we see in our Twitter feed and in those pixelated squares on Instagram isn't real. It's kind of just smoke and mirrors, ladies. But that's for another episode. Today, we want to flip the narrative. Instead of focusing on what we lack, let's start focusing on what we offer What makes us unique? What makes us awesome? Now, if that phrase makes us awesome, makes you squirm a little bit, that's okay. I understand that. I think we're all so used to feeling down about ourselves that it can feel slightly uncomfortable to acknowledge the good that God has created and is working in us. In episode 65, we welcome Dr. Kathy Cook to the show to give us all some tools for discovering and nurturing the greatness in each of our kids. I hope you were able to listen to that episode. It was fantastic. We enjoyed our time together so much that we've invited her back again today to unpack some of those same ideas in light of our awesome, we moms, because mama, you're great too. Perhaps you just need someone to remind you of that. Dr. Kathy is the founder of Celebrate Kids based in Fort Worth, Texas. She's a popular national convention speaker and the author of several great books, including Eight Great Smarts, Discover and Nurture Your Child's Intelligences. Welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Kathy. I am honored and delighted to be here. So when you were here last time, Dr. Kathy, you mentioned that every person, now you were specifically talking about kids, but you had said every person has been hardwired and gifted with one of the eight different types of intelligences or smarts, as you call them. Can you just remind us of what those are and why it's important to know the different distinctions? Before I do that, let me actually say that we have all eight. So we might have one that stands out that's more obvious, but we have all moms have all eight. Um, Word smart, we think with words. When we are being logic smart, we think with questions and we love it when things make sense, including our children. Uh, When we are being picture smart, we think uh, with our eyes, in our head, with visuals and on paper, we pay attention to the color and the things we see. When we are being music smart, we think with rhythms and melodies and music might be soothing and energizing to us. When we are being body smart, we think with movement and touch. We might like a certain rocking chair or a certain sweater for the feel that it has around our neck. When we're being nature smart, we think with patterns, we would rather be outdoors and indoors. And we might have the beautiful centerpiece in the table might be the frosting on the cake for us as we entertain. 
when we are being people smart, we think with other people, we negotiate, collaborate, motivate. We know body language really well. We can tell if somebody's happy, sad, mad, or glad by what they look like. And then self-smart and self-smart moms think inside of themselves. They need quiet, peace, privacy, and space Four things most moms don't have, which <laughs> can be a point of stress, which we could talk about in the show. But self-smart people think deeply inside of themselves. They know their thoughts well. Their own opinions matter to them. And they crave quiet. And that's legitimate. We don't need to feel guilty for needing quiet and space. That is part of God's design for us. So those quickly are the all eight. And most women should be able to identify several of those that they're probably quite good at. And if they can't, it's because, as you said in your intro, we have allowed ourselves to think only of the negatives, which I get, but it's so sad. Mm. Yeah. Um, I just want you to clarify for just a second, because as I, I was hearing you list those off in that very last one, you said, you know, the, the self-smart person, they crave quiet. They crave time alone. Mm-hmm. Is that different from introversion? Yes, that's a great question. Introverted people get their energy when they're alone. Self-smart people think when they're alone. Gotcha. People, smart people think with people extroverted people get their energy from people. You can be people smart, extroverted. So you think with people and you get your energy from people, which means you really have to be with people. Mm. You can be self-smart. You think alone, introverted. You get your energy alone. You are, we really will isolate or like me, you can be a mixture. I am somebody who's very people smart and I'm an introvert. So I get my energy when I'm alone, but I think with people So I have to find the rhythm of making that work so that fatigue doesn't set in. You can be an extrovert, get your energy from people, self-smart, you think alone. And you know what, Jamie, we can look confusing and we can confuse people. They, they, They wonder who we are when we show up because they thought that we were the life of the party. And maybe this time the self-smart part of us kicked in and we're really not the life of the party. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. Thank you for that clarification. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned that the smarts can be seen in kids at a really young age, but do those smarts grow and change as a person gets older? That's a great question. Yes. Um, We have all eight. The research says that the earlier they're awakened, the greater the likelihood they're a strength for a lifetime. Mm. So that's one of the reasons we probably are like our parents to some degree. My dad was an engineer. So both my brother and myself have a logic smart bent that really comes from the nurture we received and the nature that I think God wired into us because he knew who our dad would be, you know, here on earth, the earlier they're awakened, the greater the strength, the chances are that those initial strengths have maintained their strong suit and less paralysis set in because we had a first husband or a teacher or somebody who negated that part of who we were. And we chose to dismiss it so that we could be successful and content and maybe even safe in our surroundings, they do change. You know, it's possible, Kate, that somebody listening is new on a committee at at church or in a social club, or maybe serving on a PTA at a a school. And there'll be a skill set that that mom has to lean into that she hasn't used in a while. And she'll be able to do that, which means that that smart is being reawakened and being celebrated in those moments and will be strengthened possibly for a season possibly for a lifetime. Hmm. Why would knowing a smart for a mom be helpful for her when for the most part, her daily tasks are somewhat similar to every other mom's? Why would that be important to sort of recognize which smarts are maybe your greatest ones that you lean into? 
you know, partly because of what you started with, Jamie, the comparisonitis in our culture, mm. you know, I'm not good at this. No, you're good at it. You're just not as good as somebody else in your opinion, because you saw a Facebook post and I'm all over Facebook and Instagram, but you know what? There's a lot of Photoshopping that's going on out there. You know, <laughs> so I just want to believe, or like my joke line would be how many of you or how many of us have taken pictures from HGTV or somebody else. We have them on a Pinterest board. We're never going to redecorate our house like that. How many of us have saved recipes? We're never going to cook, but it's the thing you do because somebody said it was great and you affirm that person. And so again, nothing inherently wrong with all of that, unless it dismisses what we've been called to be and do. You know, if you have a special needs son, you better be invested at home with that kid and you're not going to be able to serve as much outside of the home. It doesn't mean that you're lazy. It doesn't mean you're incapable. You're in a season where you are honoring the Lord's provision that you have the time and the energy and the intellect to handle your special needs son. I mean, there's so many examples. So I think it allows us to do things differently. If you're not very people smart, entertaining will not be fun for you. People smart people, they think with other people. They love the conversation. Now, if you're introverted, you don't like small talk. So entertaining may not be fun for you, but guess what? You might have the gift of hospitality from the Lord himself, or you have an obligation to be hospitable to your neighbor. If you're a Christ follower, perhaps that's how you perceive that. And you rise up and you do what you can do with the strengths that you have. And then you rest afterwards because you'll be exhausted. Right. But it's the introverts, those ones that maybe don't like small talk that can actually go really deep with someone and really cultivate deep, long-standing relationships. Yes. And you know, people who are picture smart, they're the ones who help mom decorate the table with the right kind of napkins and centerpieces. The music smart kid or the music smart spouse chooses the music to play in the background when people walk in. So there's already high energy in the room. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody, if you're a mom and you're in a committee and you're logic smart, you're the one who does the icebreaker. So people get to meet each other, which a people smart person wants to do, but maybe can't figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. If you're word smart, you sign up to be on a committee or you, you help out your in-laws and you're the one who does more of the talking and does more of the prep for the interviewing so that the new relative will feel comfortable visiting grandma in the nursing home. We can do so much more than we think. And what I love about the smarts is that we're saying to these moms, you do that well because you're smart. And if you don't think you are, because you had a school teacher who said you weren't, or you didn't go beyond high school or fill in the blank, I'm here to say, we're here to say, you're smarter than you think you are. And smart empowers you to believe good things about yourself and good things about your creator. Mm-hmm. And I would go so far as to say, empowers you to rejoice with those who rejoice. Probably about 10 or 15 years ago, due to some events in my life, I began to discover what, you know, I would have called it what my awesome was, what what God gifted me to do. And when I began to step into that and not be embarrassed to say, yeah, I'm actually really good at this thing. I'm not good at all of these other things, but I'm really good at this thing. It helped me be able to champion those who were good at the things I wasn't good at because I could acknowledge I'm good at something. I have my smart. Oh, that's so precious because we are supposed to be in community. Mm -hmm. And it starts in the family with husbands, if you're married, with your kids, with your parents and in-laws and siblings, and then it moves beyond that. That's, That's a huge thing that should be happening here, that affirmation of others. But if you don't believe in yourself... 
it's hard for you to authentically affirm others. You might be doing it out of a jealousy and then that angers you and then pain sets in and it's just a mess. But what about the mom who, unlike me, hasn't discovered her quote unquote smart yet or the smarts that she typically leans towards? How can she, one, learn or discover what her smarts are and then leverage those not just for her family, although I think it should start there, but also for herself to lean into the things that she's been gifted at in order that she can do some of those things that God has called her to do. No, I love that. And if it's, if you don't mind, I would recommend my book. Absolutely. The the book is eighth grade smarts, and it was written to parents to help them identify their children's intelligences. So we can help children be successful with academics and relationships and behavior and careers. It will be a book that will minister to the mom who doubts whether or not she was or is or could be smart. And then I also want to encourage us to ask our friends. Who knows you well enough to be honest with you? It could be a sister-in-law. It could be a a brother. It could be a a neighbor. It could be a a mom in a co-op with you or a colleague at work. Somebody who knows you and you just humbly say, hey, I don't want to doubt anymore. I believe that I've maybe not shown up for the things that I could say yes to. And I'm asking five or six people to help me figure out who I am and why I am who I am. And I've chosen you. Mm. Would you be able to tell me what you've noticed about me? It's not prideful to know what you're capable of. It's prideful if you think you're the only one with those gifts or that you don't have any weaknesses or, you know, et cetera. But it's not wrong to know what you do well, because if you don't know what you do well, you do nothing well. And that would be damaging to the kingdom and certainly damaging to the family and damaging to yourself for you to believe, for every mom listening to believe that there's hidden gold, right? Like we're like onions, right? And there's so many layers. I hope you don't cry when we come to a new layer, but I've been with moms. I'll never forget being with a woman. She was 78 years old and she was an artist. And she heard me speak at a pro-life banquet where I was talking about God's creative intent and strategic design of people. And at the end, she came up to me, 78 years old, professional artist, selling works for thousands and thousands of dollars and wept when she said no one in her family ever thought she was good at anything Mm. because she wasn't good at the things they valued. And she was 78 grieving. And then she said to me, are you telling me really that all this art in me was from God? And and this is how I'm smart. And I got to tell both of you ladies that for her to have lived all those years, not knowing is so sad to me. I want to encourage every mom listening to believe us and to believe in yourself enough to want to go on that search. Here's another question, Kate and Jamie, that I love asking moms. What did you do when you were little that you'd love to do if you had time now? Piano lessons and you had to stop because you moved and you couldn't take the piano. Mm. Dance lessons. Maybe art was your favorite subject in school. Maybe you were a part of the school newspaper or the yearbook committee, or maybe you were a cheerleader. I mean, seriously, what were you doing when you had the time and kind of learning was your have to because you were a student? Mm. And if you doubt yourself now, could you go back and rediscover a passion and take it into the today? That could change you. Absolutely. I was 40 years old and revisited violin. I hadn't taken it since fourth grade, but my husband challenged me with that. Like what makes your shoulders lift and then exhale? What excites you? And he gave me license to explore that. And 
I'm going to be honest, I still sound like I'm killing kittens, but it jazzes me up and I enjoy it. Well, because you're not doing it to compare yourself to someone else mm. and your, your intent is not to be a symphony player. Your intent is to find the joy. I play the viola. I didn't know you were a violin player. Played past tense. To say that I'm a violin player is real generous. <laughs> you play the violin. I used to play the viola. That's funny that we have that in common. Yeah, that's a great example. I think this is a call for all of us listening today to be the friend, to speak the truth and the life into our other friends. Because Mm -hmm. women have a tendency to not want to point out their own gifts. It Mm -hmm. feels prideful. And sometimes it is, but it doesn't have to be. Because if we remember that God is the giver of the good gifts, we're really not taking any of the credit. We're just recognizing the good gift that he's given us. But for whatever reason, it's really hard for us to point that out ourselves. You know, I, I throw a party every year. I haven't because of COVID in the last couple of years, but every year I invite a dozen or so women over to kick off the homeschool year. And these are homeschool moms. It's just a way for them to celebrate themselves going back to school. And I always ask this question, I want you to tell me what your awesome is. We're so good at pointing out the the ways we're failing at homeschool. That comes real natural to most of us. Mm -hmm. But I, I want them to sit and think, what is my awesome? What am I doing right at this thing? And I usually hear crickets for a real long time. But then people start to look across the circle and say, hey, Jenny, you're really great at reading aloud with funny accents and your kids love to sit and listen to you for hours. Or, you know, Susie, you're really great at math and that's not a gift that I have. They begin to call out each other's gifts. But how would it change the trajectory of mothering Mm -hmm. if we just did that naturally and called out one another's giftings and awesomeness to each other? That's true. And we can step into that. So I guess that's my challenge for the moms listening today is when you think of that in a friend, be sure to say that out loud to her because chances are she hasn't heard that in a real long time and she needs to hear it today. No one's ever said I'm far too encouraged today. Can I interject something, Kate and Jamie? Yes, yes. And yes. Do you know, if you think about the word encourage, if you just look in your head, just spell out the word encourage. What's the base word of encourage? Courage. Courage. You're giving someone courage. The definition of encourage is to give someone courage. Mm -hmm. The definition of discourage is to steal the courage. And every single one of us needs courage to show up, courage to volunteer, courage to say, I will do this, or courage to say, this isn't my strength, but I'm going to surround myself with support and, you know, do it anyway. When we encourage ourselves in the things of the Lord and we encourage others, I, I love your illustration of calling it out of others. We are doing certainly what the scripture would teach us to do, but courage, we've got to be brave. We've got to be brave people. And it comes from being encouraged. The holiday season is upon us now, mamas. And while you and I can spend all kinds of crazy money buying craft supplies to make ornaments or silly knickknacks, why not invest our money into helping our kids build or make something that is even more awesome? This year, KiwiCo invites your family to make the holidays a little more hands-on, all while learning a thing or two along the way. And the best part is, you get to do it together. I don't know about your kids, but my four boys could not be any more different from each other. And yet, the science, technology, engineering, and math that is covered in each individual crate that arrives at our doorstep 
is exactly what I need to present to all four of them. As a parent, it can sometimes be hard to find creative ways to keep your children not just busy, but challenged constructively and creatively. But KiwiCo does the legwork for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. There's something for kids of all ages, and there's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel your subscription at any time. This holiday season, give the gift of a fun, hands-on holiday experience with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month, plus free shipping on any crate line with promo code mom to mom at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Use promo code mom to mom Well, Dr. Kathy, what about when a mom's smart is different from her husband's or her kids? What about you get a family when everybody's <laughs> smart is a different smart? How do you handle that? Um, yeah, with grace and mercy, right? <laughs> Great question. When I speak live to an audience, I'll often ask, you know, how many of you are married to someone who's different from you? Because it was refreshing when you dated, you know, and then the joke is now you're married and the refreshment has kind of left, but, but, you know, hopefully not, but it's very true that we're attracted to the differences because they can do things with great joy that we can't, for instance, you might be married to someone who's nature smart and wants to go to the botanical garden on a Saturday. And you'd rather stay home as a word, smart mom and read the book, but you'll be a better person. If you go to the botanical garden with your husband who loves the, the flowers and the way the trees, you know, grow and you're, you'll learn something, plus you honor the relationship. And I know for me, I have better relationships with people when I walk toward their smarts rather than always making them walk toward mine. Mm. So as an example, I'm not terribly picture smart. It's number seven or eight for me if I were to make a list. And that's okay. I, I don't need to be good at that. I've been to 30 countries, but I've rarely gone to art museums where other people go to countries just to go to art museums. When I go to an art museum, I always go with somebody who's picture smart so that they can help me understand the art. And so one of my friends here in Fort Worth, I live in Fort Worth, Texas, where we have more Western art than anywhere in the world. And I'll go with her and she'll help me understand why she loves it. So I get to know my friend more and I get to know art more and it establishes more of a picture smart in me and and a healthier relationship. So I think we're not afraid of the difference with our husband or with a friend. I know I went there, but with a, with a husband, for a husband, with a wife, we appreciate the differences. I think we've got to communicate. You know, if you're married to a body smart, logic smart guy who's going to go golf on a Saturday and you were going to use the van to take your kids over to visit a friend, you, you better communicate because he was going to take the van golfing and you were going to. So it's just a matter of communicating and honoring each other, not dismissing, not always assuming the worst, right, Kate? Mm. I think sometimes we assume that, well, he intended to irritate me. No, yeah. he's, he's different and has different likes and different preferences because again, we're smart. And I will say, if you are identical to your spouse in the smarts, that can be hard. You're both logic smart. You both have all the questions. You're both constantly cause effect, cause effect, analyzing who was fairest. And what if you have kids who aren't that? So praise God that you're different from your spouse because that gives a parent a greater likelihood to connect differently with a child. And how many moms listening realize that, okay, I have a favorite child. That's legit, like realistic, or not that you should play it. That's a whole nother speech, but, or what if you had a kid who likes the dad more than the mom? We can't be 
offended by that. Maybe your child who is body smart, nature smart, has a great relationship with the dad who is body smart, nature smart. And they're constantly outside kicking the ball on the swing set. They're the ones that weed the garden and, and you're content at home, you know, watching a movie because you're a picture smart, word smart person. Does it make sense? It makes so much sense. And it just seems like that would help mitigate so many fights and issues <laughs> and problems. And you understand why I want to stay home and read a book while you want to go to the museum or go to the botanical garden. It just, it suddenly makes sense why those two things maybe just don't go together. But if you understand why does he want to do that? Hey, it just, you know, it's, it's the right thing to do to once in a while, just say, yeah, let's, let's go together. Even when you, you know, it's laying down your life for that other person. It, that's biblical. That's something we're supposed to do, yes. but it, you, you understand why it's not that, oh, he's just being a pain and wants me to do something he knows I don't want to do. It's no, that's just how he's made. God made him that way. He can't help it. He wants to go to the botanical garden. He wants to be outside. It, it makes so much sense. I'm even seeing things in my own husband you know, as we're talking, going, oh, that's why it's not just he's being annoying, you know, which is what we tend to go to because, ah. yeah. but it's just how he's made. I'm different. We're different people. So this it really, it's, it's just opening up a lot of things in my brain. So <laughs> thank you, Dr. Kathy, you're doing marriage counseling and you don't even know it. <laughs> well, that's funny because I'm often accused of that and I'm single without, you know, I'm not married and I don't have kids of my own, which is again, the Lord has you know, gifts us and equips us in his own way. But I will say that, you know, one of the things that I will say, and I'm sure the two of you have said it in your ministry, is that differences are different. They're not bad. Right. They're simply different. Exactly. And you know what, though, Jamie, like you were saying before about the comparison and the, the lack of worth that a woman feels, if a mom doesn't feel good about herself, it's hard to believe good for the husband. Mm. There's a thinking pattern and there's, there's a life there. So when the moms can decide to believe us today that, Hey, I am better at that than I realize, or I'm good enough at that. Maybe God did make me smart in that way. I was good at that in school. And maybe I don't need to believe my neighbor who says these things about me, but she's prideful. And maybe that's why she's picking at me. I mean, we can think that through and then we can love our husbands. We can see the strength there and choose to believe that he is not being obnoxious intentionally. He is being who God created him to be. But again, this is where we want to love each other well and be obedient and honor. This is my favorite word, probably. We honor the differences. We honor the, the person. And we also honor ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that knowledge is very powerful. When we understand all the different smarts, it does allow us to have grace towards our spouse and our children and hopefully leverage their smarts as opposed to always feeling annoyed by them. Like you were mentioning before, when you have to throw that party and you're not the person who, you know, thinks of the beautiful centerpiece. Well, here's where the giftings of everyone in your home and how God meticulously put those people together in that home on purpose. Here's where all of those giftings really do become a blessing. If we're willing to see them as that. We can even assign chores according to smarts, you know, not that, I mean, I think everybody eventually learns how to empty the dishwasher. Everyone learns eventually how to do laundry, et cetera. If you're more body smart than your husband, you ought to be the one sweeping out the garage. If you're more logic smart than your husband, you ought to be the one thinking through vacation and the order that you would go to the state parks and how much money. I mean, there's a lot of things that are written about gender that I'm not a huge fan of, to be honest with you. I think that Mm. smarts and other learning styles are actually very, very important for us to consider in the way that we assign 
tasks and chores, both as the husband, wife, mother, father, but also for the children. Oh, I 100% agree with that. I was just sharing with a friend today. I'm not a shopper. I would rather eat a bag of hair than go to a department store. I just, (laughs) I can't do it. And yet my husband loves it and he's really gifted. If you can be gifted at shopping and finding deals and finding just the right thing, picking out the right gift for the person, that is his gifting. And so if you were to ask me today, you know, what size shoe do your kids wear or socks? You'd get a deadpan face because I have no (laughs) idea, but my husband is really good at that. So that's, that's his role in the house. And, and that might be looked upon as like the woman's role, the mother's role, but Mm -hmm. he's gifted. I'm not. I love that example. And that your husband, I would predict then is people smart because he pays attention to people, reads body language well. When he gives the gifts, he watches the reaction and remembers that that jigsaw puzzle worked or that gift didn't work. Probably logic smart to think through the financial implications, realizes if I buy this now, he'll only be able to wear it for a month and then it gets too cold. And by the next season, he'll outgrow it. I'm not going to buy it yet. So logic, people, Probably very, very heavy in both of those. Not that you're not, Jamie, but he applies it to that particular discipline of shopping. Picture smart, looking at the colors, enjoying the activity in the mall, perhaps. Very interesting example. Very picture smart. He's actually an artist for a living. So like being in the mall, being in a department store, seeing all the colors, seeing how things put together and designing home decor, that's his gifting. And People often want to give me the credit when they walk in and they say, oh, I really like the paint color you chose or the the flower that you put over here. None of that was me. I'm just being real (laughs) candid. That was all him. But, but But I appreciate that you're being candid. You're not saying that you can't do anything. You're saying that that's not your preference. Now, could you go? Let's say that your husband, I mean, if you were out of town and you needed something, you can go to the store. Right. You're simply saying it's not what you prefer to do. And why do we always... Yeah, we don't need to do what we don't want to be doing all the time. That's where negativity and critical spirit rises. We have an obligation to serve the family and and meet needs, certainly Mm -hmm. including our own needs. But wow, that's if if the women are not responding well to that illustration, I would be shocked. That's very freeing that you shared that, Jamie. Well, how does knowing you're smart, determining that, how does that help you For instance, determine what tasks you do take on within the home or maybe commitments outside of the home. Why is that essential? How does that help you? You know, again, we we can do all eight, but it's fatiguing when we're outside of our natural mind. Um, You know, if somebody is not very word smart, it doesn't mean that they can't read and write and do research, but it would be fatiguing and it would not bring them joy. Uh, So again, we can do all things. We don't need to do all things, I guess is what I would say. Word smart women, again, we think with words, we talk, we read, we speak, we listen. If we're also logic smart, we would enjoy the research, the debate, the conversation, a lot of cause effects, sequential thinking, putting things in order. We love fairness, justice. We might be rule followers to the extreme, which can be actually quite dangerous. The picture smart people are good with their eyes. So they're designers. They pay attention to what they see. They tend to be more big picture people, both at home and maybe on committee or in the community. Again, music smart would be the rhythms and melodies of life. It's choosing the right music in the background. It's choosing a church for the quality of the worship. A whole other presentation would be how do you choose a church based on these all eight, which is actually quite complex, especially if you have a family and everybody's different Mm. in the way that they're smart. Uh, Body smart moms. Cooking would come easier when it comes to all the body parts, if you will, the stirring and the measuring and the pouring and the decorating of cakes, things like that, the small motor coordination that 
is necessary in a lot of cooking tasks. Actually, I've met a lot of moms who don't enjoy cooking. And I find out sometimes it's because they're not very picture smart. So they can't put a pretty plate together. You know, the orange carrot with the, you know, oh my gosh, that's just like, gives me a headache to think about nature. Smart would be the patio versus the inside, the centerpiece again, which is kind of a, a logical thing, nature, smart patterns. So even the tablecloth and the china going together, does the pattern clash? If that makes sense, that would actually be a, a nature smart use. And then people smart and self smart, really interesting. People smart people think with people are good at reading body language. They get to know people pretty quickly. And so they can be the life of the party. They could be the social butterfly that connects the group. If you're going to invite three new people over to the party, you want to make sure the people smart person is there first so that she's the welcoming committee, if you will. And she's, oh, wait, Julie, you need to meet Penny because Penny also has an eight-year-old. And it will be the people smart mom who's more probably going to remember those kinds of things, enjoys the network. And then the self smart person may not come to the party, (laughs) quite frankly. (laughs) Uh, Self smart people think deeply inside of themselves and they crave quiet, peace, privacy, and space. The way that the self-smart mom can serve the family and the community is to think ahead of things. Mm. So next Tuesday, there's going to be a birthday party. And, you know, this is likely to happen. I need to prepare my Angela to be able to handle that encounter with the boy that bullied him in Sunday school a week ago. The self-smart person is going to think deeply about things and will be able to orchestrate success when allowed to do so. I hope that's helpful. And I hope I answered your question There's so much rambling through my head right now. I'm so privileged to be here with you. Well, as you were sharing, you know, the example of cooking, as you were talking about how it's maybe a body smart person who enjoys that, I was just thinking, you know, I love cooking, but out of all of the smarts, I probably wouldn't peg myself as body smart, but I could see in some of your other smarts how I would enjoy cooking so much and love it. You know, I'm a people smart person. So I love to cook the things that, that help me form relationships around the table. It's really about that community around the table for me. So I can see where we all have all eight smarts and we can actually do a lot of the same things, but maybe our motivation for doing them and even the affirmation that comes from doing them might be a little different. Yes. And the energy that's expended and the joy that results for sure. It's a great example. You know, we can all cook logic. You measure, right. Body smart. Again, you stir and you pour and you do all those kinds of things. You know, picture smart. You create the, the beautiful plate of the right colored food, if you will. Um, word smart. You read the recipe, right. You know, nature smart, the centerpiece, people smart, the conversation, self smart, the thinking in, in advance. My, my sister-in-law, owns over 80 cookbooks, is a phenomenal cook for the very reason that you said, very good cook in the way of cooking, if you will. But she's a very, very good cook because she knows what to make for whoever's coming over because she pays attention. And in the back of her cookbooks, if you open any cookbook she owns, the back inside cover is a list by name of who liked it, who she served it to, and who did not like it. So she knows in her cookbooks what we had last Christmas, Christmas Eve, Mm. she won't make it again two years in a row. That's a, that's a long, complicated story, but to pay attention to the detail like that, that's part of the smart that you have. Some women listening might be thinking, no, that's my passion, or I'm just good at that. It's your passion. And you're just good at it because you're smart in that way. Cause God chose that for you, which is such a beautiful thing that he did. Mm, and it's okay to call that out. Ladies, mom, if you're listening, it's okay to say that, that you're 
good at that because God gifted you in that. Yes. It's not, it becomes prideful when we're doing it to perform and be better. Yeah. And it's all about the Facebook opportunity mm-hmm. rather than the people in the room, but mm-hmm. it's absolutely essential yeah. that we know who we are It is, and that we know what we've been gifted to do. And you know, you also need to know the weaknesses. We need to know what's challenging so that we surround ourselves with the people and the things that will help us succeed because we don't want to embarrass ourselves or other people in the room. We're not saying that everybody has all eight to the max. You can use your top ones more readily. It doesn't mean you don't use the bottom ones, if you will. But usually you would surround yourself with help so that it doesn't become a burden. Mm-hmm. I would go so far as to say, and you correct me if, if I'm wrong, Dr. Kathy, actually stepping into our smarts and, and being confident in those is a worshipful posture because you know, we're doing it as unto the Lord. If we're giving him credit and doing the thing that we are God designed to do, that is a form of worship. We're acknowledging his good gift and using it well. We're good stewards of it. Amen. And amen. You're putting him on display. That's to glorify God means that you put Mm -hmm. him on display and you're absolutely right. You know, people who are listening, who are maybe new to the faith or not even Christ followers, Thanks for listening to us. One of the great joys in discovering the God of the Bible is that he is a creator and he's very strategic and intentional. He knows what he's doing. You know, he knit us together and knitting is a precise skill. Mm -hmm. The knitter decides in advance what to make, or you have an ugly sweater, scarf, hat, (laughs) sweater, Afghan, ugly thing. Yeah. Psalm 139, 13 and 14, we were knit together. He knew what he was doing. And that includes your smarts. Well, Dr. Kathy, do you have any closing words you'd like to share with the mom who might feel lesser than or suffers from the comparison trap that Jamie mentioned in the beginning when she looks at the giftings and the abilities and the accomplishments of her friends? Yeah, it's, uh, that's such a good question. You know, I, I would boldly say that some of us need to get off of Pinterest, Instagram and Facebook. You know, if not full-time fasting occasionally every other day, or maybe there's certain people we should stop following because it's very much envy. And we know that in our spirit. And we just have to pull that plug, if you will, because we do it because we love ourselves enough to want better for us. I think that's the first thing I would say. Believing in the believing of the believing that we are who we are supposed to be. And it's not about being better than, it's about becoming who God created for us to be which means that we acknowledge what we can do and we choose to do it for the Lord. That's such a powerful word. Thank you for that, Dr. Kathy. I know that that will speak to a a mom who needs to hear that. And I know that there are several who do. Well, humorist Irma Bombeck once said, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me, Lord. I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes the hardest part of using my gifts is recognizing what they are in order that I might use them well. If that's you too, I hope that our chat here today has given you some tools to help you find your awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Kathy. This has been a delight. Can you just tell our listeners where they can find you and maybe get a hold of your book, Eight Great Smarts? For sure. And first of all, thank you. Thank you for allowing me the privilege of being a part of the mom to mom podcast. I love what you all do and what a joy to be here with you. Uh, My book is called eighth grade smarts, and it is mostly about raising children who identify their smarts, but it's relevant for adults as well. Eight great smarts. 
Uh, my name, Kathy Cook, we should say it's spelled K-O-C-H. So if people try to find me, it's K-O-C-H pronounced Cook, which is one of the reasons spelling slays me, <laughs> you know, and then um, our website is celebratekids.com. And at celebratekids.com, they can sign up for our email newsletter. They can, you know, research our books and product line. Of course, we're all over Facebook and Instagram at Celebrate Kids Inc. And we would love it if people would follow us as well. We have a podcast as well that they might want to check out. But so good to be with both of you. And we will be sure to link to all of those things that Dr. Kathy just mentioned. But thank you, Mama, for listening. If you've enjoyed our conversation, Kate September and I would love it if you left us a positive rating or review over on iTunes. Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you happen to be listening from. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. And while you're there, be sure to tell us how you're using your smarts in faithfulness to the Lord today.